You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 79 of the College Loop Podcast. And fun fact before we get started, Daniel, you are three subs away as we were recording this from having the dance on TikTok. So how are you feeling about that? <laughs> well, um, it's it's something. I still need to figure out what I'm going to do because uh, it's a question of um, – when not if at this point it could be tomorrow so yeah. it'll probably be like tuesday before i have time to get around to that but looking forward to it yeah we'll be we'll be looking off our intern colin so colin how you doing buddy you're gonna be in charge of looking for the tiktok dance yeah no i'm good um hopefully we we drop a banger episode so we get those three subs <laughs> and and daniel can get dancing <laughs> Well, yeah, and just to get started in the football news, uh, PFF has done the most vile thing they could possibly have done, and that's make a power ranking. And if you know PFF, you know that their rankings are usually just clickbait to get people to click on it, and this one has done just that. So they ranked their SEC teams uh, from, I'm assuming, best to worst, being 14 the worst, which is Vanderbilt. Auburn is better than Vanderbilt. We've gotten that far but just to run through the first part of the list georgia at one bama at two lsu at three tennessee at four no surprises in the top four arky five i don't get kentucky at six maybe florida at seven south carolina at eight nine mississippi state 10 is a&m 11 missouri and 12 ole miss leaving auburn at the 13 spot which is the most disrespectful thing I think I've seen from any preseason anything about Auburn. It, it It's worse than the five wins from ESPN FBI, in my opinion. The only thing I saw that, like, I think could legitimately rival it is, um, I think it was Big Game Boomer said that it listed programs that were trending up and programs that were trending down, and it had Auburn trending down still, which I don't see how anyone with the polls could think that, but, you know, whatever. And you think you can't trend down after the Harson era? You, it's no, still, this is the floor. <laughs> Last year was the floor for for the amount of money that the program has. Yes, and you got to think five wins. That's that is, or I would say six wins is the floor for Auburn this season. And Colin, what, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the ranking system <laughs> as it stands? I mean, I think I think thirteen is a little crazy. Um, there's some things all thrown around, but I don't know. Just put it up in the locker room. Give the boys something to to get mad about, I guess. <laughs> and there there's plenty to be mad about with all the preseason jabs Auburn has been getting. But yeah, 13th is ridiculous. If I had to rank Auburn, it'd probably be I'm not going to say too far above 10, maybe nine or eight, just to start the season off. But I would say Auburn is better than Vanderbilt and Missouri. And with the state of Arkansas right now, they're just KJ Jefferson and a bunch of other dudes and Hawcats on that team. Uh, But yeah. And speaking of news, that might be bad Auburn news. uh, Peyton Thorne apparently has his number uh, from 
to, for this upcoming season. And it's not 10. I was really expecting him to wear the, the Bo Nix 10 this season, but he is going to be rocking the TJ Finley one, which Colin loves. Uh, he loves the one jersey. I am a little against it. And Colin, I'm going to let you be on the side of the one for a little bit. I'm going to let you do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Um, if Peyton Thorne is truly our guy coming in, you got to let the guy, you got to let him drip. One is drippy. I don't care if it has not a great history here at Auburn. One drips. And if we're going to have this man slinging the rock every Saturday for us, he's going to have to drip. And so I'm, I'm here for one. And if it's, if it's got a bad past, he's making it his own. If he's, if he's balling out in it. Well, looking at the, the history of the number one jersey, so the last person to wear the number is, of course, T.J. Finley. So already, already a tough act to follow right there. <laughs> and then to go before that, Anthony Schwartz, who was okay. He wasn't the best receiver. I, he never eclipsed over 700 receiving yards, and he had more rushing touchdowns as a wide receiver than he had receiving touchdowns. And then Woody that Barrett. That sweep play goes crazy. It, it goes crazy when you run a four two eight forty. It, it goes crazy when you're a track athlete out there playing with football players. Uh, before Anthony Schwartz, Woody Barrett, which if you know Woody Barrett, he did not finish his career at Auburn. He went to be quarterback at Kent State. Uh, then you have Duke Williams, who was a great receiver before he got kicked off the team. And then it happens. Trevon Reed for I think four seasons at wide receiver, but. As great as of a receiver as Trevon Reed was, or as great as a recruiter as as Trevon Reed is, and as good as a defender as he was at Auburn and a little bit in the NFL, he was not that great of a wide receiver when he was wearing number one. Uh, I think I, when I read it, he never really got over 150 receiving yards while at Auburn. And I'm going to check that real quick. He got 164 his redshirt freshman season. So he's got one touchdown to his name. And then before that is Brad Lester, who was a running back, who, if you go to look at the stats, dude was mid as they come for running backs. And then you finally get to a good guy in 2004, what Devin Aroma should do. So that is almost 20 years of Auburn football where you've not seen a good offensive player wear the number one at all. And here comes Peyton Thorne, the transfer from Michigan State, following T.J. Finley's footsteps and wearing that number one jersey. Which I still think he should have went ten. <laughs> I still think he should have went ten. Think of all the generic uh, number one Auburn jerseys that now can be Peyton Thorne jerseys in in Jordan Hare. How fun <laughs> would that be? I I bought my cheap little Auburn number one jersey, but now it is Peyton Thorne. No nil money. No one hundred and thirty dollar jersey. Just yeah. my Under Armour forty bucks. Yeah, and defensive-wise, it's pretty good. I mean, Montrevious Adams, uh, Donovan Kaufman last year, uh, first couple to come to mind. One's been a solid defensive number. It just has really bad rap on the offensive side of the ball. And if Trevon Reed wore one at, when he played defensive back, I'm sure the num- number one probably wouldn't have as bad as a rap as I have in my brain right now. But, yeah, I'm on the fence about it. I'm – I'm a, I'm a big fan of like the the weird numbers. Like I never pick number one whenever my quarterback on NCAA 14. I pick like three or six, nine, all those numbers. Like Robbie Ashford, I I love the nine jersey. That jersey's sick. And you know, number nine, nine is a great number for a quarterback, isn't it, Dylan? I'm so glad to hear you say that. Unless it's in the NFL, the NFL I don't really care for the number nine. But Auburn, uh-huh. Auburn nine is good. 
especially for quarterbacks without noodle arms, like there were in New Orleans uh, for a few years now up there. <laughs> uh, but if we go into recruiting, they got some recruits uh, that are putting throwing Auburn around in their mentions. Four-star defensive line L.J. McCray has listed Auburn in his top five, which joins Georgia, Miami, Florida, and Florida State for the defensive lineman out of mainland high school in Daytona Beach, Florida, due to 260. I just want to say the fact that Hugh Freeze is going right into where Hurricane Seminole and Gator territory all collide and is competing for this guy is huge, man. This is huge for the program. And it really just shows how far he's already gone. Because a year ago, there's no chance in hell Auburn wins this recruiting battle. Yeah, and don't forget, he's also going into Golden Knight territory because the UCF, UCF oh, is yeah. a 12-team. Right. So you got to throw them in there as well. And the last bit of news for recruiting, Khalil House, three-star offensive guard, is committing this week. Uh, the 30th is what? Is that Friday? Am I? That is Friday. 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 And Khalil House, big six foot four and a half, 300 pound guard. Uh, he is ranked the number 51st guard in the class, and he is currently crystal balled to Auburn. So Auburn is the team to beat for the big offensive cha- big offensive guard, and I think he'd be the second lineman for the class. I think. Am I remember that correctly? It, I'm not. I can look. I'm not counting the long snapper. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, even the 24/7. I'm going to rant just for two seconds. Uh, Ranked long snappers. They're a great position. Yeah, Auburn doesn't have any offensive linemen yet. So he'd be, he'd be the first offensive lineman for the class of 2024, which is already panning out to be a really, really great class for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, and that's all for football, really. I mean, not, we are dead on in the dead period for football news. But we do have some basketball news. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Uh, In terms of Wendell Green Jr., uh, no, he didn't get drafted, which I'm pretty sure we all suspected he wasn't going to get drafted, correct? Am I... Correct on that. Yeah. No one was going to take a shot on the five foot nine guard from Auburn. Uh, <laughs> they will take a shot at a. <laughs> the Hornets are going to take shots as well at the number two spot because I definitely they should have went scoot there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Wendell Green will be playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the summer league, and hopefully a big shot for him. I'm pretty uh, following the footsteps of Sharif, Co- Sharif Cooper, who I who who he's part of the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? He plays for their G League team. Sure does. Mm-hmm. So you could see a nice little Cleveland Cavaliers G League team ran by both Sharif Cooper and Wendell Green, which is going. It's going. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. 
Uh, a lot of I would shots. for sure go catch that game in Birmingham. Oh, for sure. Uh, and <laughs> I'm going to talk about this news for a little bit. It's Scoot Henderson, the big G League Ignite guard. Was he a guard, a forward? Was he a guard? I think it was a guard. I believe guard. Yeah, he came out and announced. I don't know why people keep doing this. Jalen Green did the same thing. If he would have went to college, he would have went to Auburn. There could have been a Jabari Smith, Scoot Henderson, and Walker Kessler team up in the 2019 season. 2019, 2022 season. That is the most infuriating thing I have ever looked at. Because that is that would have been a roster if everything would have panned out perfectly for the Auburn Tigers. Sharif Cooper would have came back for another year. Scoot Henderson would have committed to Auburn. Jabari Smith. JT Thor would be on that roster. Walker Kessler. J- Jalen Williams. Maybe Zeb Jasper. Just hypothetical world. Just all those people from that 2022 team that were so pivotal in Auburn making it as far as they did could have helped Auburn move a lot further. And the 2022 team was already great as it was. I don't know why they keep doing this, though. I'm uh, Auburn basketball could have been – I like the memes. It's like it could have been the 19, uh, 1993 dream team or whatever just because all the players that want to come to Auburn but then also want to get the bag from the G League – I get rid of the G League altogether. I'm tired of the G League. It has pissed me off in more ways than one. <laughs> I told myself I was going to go catch some squadron games, and it still hasn't happened. And yeah, but I just they keep asking all these guys, like, "Hey, so if you would have went to college, where would you have gone?" And every single one of them want to answer Auburn, and it is the most infuriating thing. It almost hurts as bad as losing that guy at McEachern High School in the greater Atlanta area. It's become an Atlanta or an Auburn hotbed to Rutgers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You talking yeah. about Dylan Harper, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah I think so. Good Lord. I'm just – I'm sick and tired of it. But kudos to Wendell Green. Uh, he's, I, I was kind of – I wasn't surprised that he didn't get drafted, but in a way I was kind of rooting for him to get drafted. Just because I think he he has a lot of potential for a for a team, and you know Daniel's isn't a big fan of small guards, mm-hmm. but I, I find a, I have a nice place in my heart for for small guards, uh, and and it's nice to see Auburn. Hey, I do too, Isaiah Thomas in 2017, but you know beyond that, I mean your C's don't really give a crap about small guards either because of what they did to Isaiah Thomas in 2018. <laughs> well, and the last. Just to move on to the diamond, we have a little bit of more recruiting news going on for Auburn baseball as they pick up and actually flip 2023 catcher Kale Strickland. He was a Georgia commit until, again, he wasn't. And per Lindsey Crosby, uh, and God bless him because he knows more about baseball than I think anyone on this planet. Uh, his, it says he has a pop time of 1.96 behind the plate, which I had to – Ask Colin about this. Uh, it means whenever they stand up and throw the ball to second base. I'm pretty sure, right? Am I getting that? I said that right? Yeah, he's popping up quick. Yeah, he's popping up. He's, he's getting the ball out fast. <laughs> and apparently, he has developing right-handed hitter power to the pool side. Whatever that means, <laughs> it, it's a lot. Uh, it means he's hitting the ball over the monster every time. Only, uh, only bombs. And you're adding – so that's another catcher Auburn is adding to the to next year's team. 
and it's another catcher too. Uh, guy one from the transfer portal who's a really good hitter and got one coming up who's going to be a freshman. Really replacing the the Nate Lover, not catcher, not transfer portal catcher. I'm confusing him with Ike Irish. Ike Irish is a catcher by trade. So Auburn has yeah. now re- recruited a catcher who can hit and is going to get a catcher who can hit after losing out after losing Nate LaRue to the MLB draft. And the good thing is um, if Ike Irish doesn't have to spend much, if any time, behind the plate, less chance he jams a finger, which means that batting average can stay high, that slugging percentage can stay high. Um, and then at the same time, like let's say this kid starts playing next year, which is pretty unheard of. Like a lot of times in baseball and softball, you don't see true freshmen start. But if he got time, like play and develop, he'll – for sure, if he plays for four years, be an MLB prospect, just because that's how it works in the SEC, just because of how good the league is. Um, so I think this is a win-win, another huge pickup for Butch and the boys. Yeah, and again, you're replacing Nate LaRue's. Uh, he was great at the end of the season at hitting the ball, but there was a lot of points during the beginning of the season, last season, where if he came into play, you just knew that it was not going to end well. For the Albert Tigers, and a lot of times I remember watching. Every time I watched a game, I swear that Nate Larue came up in a cold streak, and he was always the he's always coming up with two outs. And I was like, "Well, this is the end of the inning right here." But, but at least he was solid beyond the plate. Yeah, he great catcher, very inconsistent hitter, and Auburn is replacing him with Ike Irish, who is as good as he is at hitting the ball. Hopefully, he's going to turn that into like a twenty home run season next year. Knock on wood, wherever that is. <laughs> There will be an MLB hitting coach who looks at Nate LaRue and thinks like, okay, I can make this swing tolerable for a catcher. Since, you know, your catcher doesn't have to be a slugger. Yeah. Um, your catcher is just meant to just be a 240, 250 guy at best who just does what he does behind the plate. So I think that we will see Nate LaRue get a shot at the next level. Yeah, I, well, he's definitely going to get it as a catcher. But uh, yeah. looking at, I think, again, another Lindsey Crosby comment. And he said he's right. He's a right-handed batter who's left-eye dominant. And yes, <laughs> that makes so much sense in the little knowledge <laughs> I have about what that means. Just because Nate LaRue could, it felt like somebody couldn't hit the broad side of a bar with the bat. Uh, but I definitely think he's going to make a lot of te- make a team very happy whenever they get a catcher who's probably going to be a very solid catcher in the MLB. And I believe uh, they got that. Oh, Daniel, you go ahead. I'll let you take take reins on Jackson Sanders. Sure. So Jackson Sanders, a um, both pitcher and outfielder commit in Auburn's 2024 class. He plays at Valley High School in Opelika, um, born and raised in Opelika, I believe. Anyway, he is playing in the MLB All-American game on July 7th in Seattle. Um, that's pretty cool. Um that's just a bunch of top prospects. Um, I don't pay for perfect games, so I can't tell you where exactly he's ranked in this class, but this sounds pretty impressive. And a great recruiting pitch as well. Like, hey, we have a guy that's going to come here who's going to be looked at by a bunch of MLB scouts. And hopefully, I don't think, does the MLB have like a G League or is it just the minors? Just the minors. I mean, pr- the closest thing to a G League would be AAA. All right, just making sure that no one can steal him from us while he's at the MLB All-Star game. <laughs> so making sure that can't happen. I mean, he could get drafted straight out of high school. Yeah, he could. Don't tell me that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any more Scoot Hendersons or Jalen Greens in my lifetime. That's enough pain and sorrow 
as an Auburn fan. And just to wrap up the other side of the diamond, Auburn picked up yet another transfer, another catcher as well. And I believe I didn't I forgot to look this up. Aspen Godwin has graduated, correct? I, I believe so. Favorite. So this is the back-to-back catchers. And I actually have the rankings from, uh, I think it's college, college softball or something. Uh, Auburn now has, with Anna Wallers, the number two catcher in the portal, and with now Amelia Leck, the number four catcher in the country, coming from Maryland. And looking at her stats, she can hit. Uh, I uh, read this from a tweet. She had a career year in 2023, batted a 285 with 11 doubles, 16 home runs, and 47 RBI. Uh, scored 28 runs. She also posted a nine, uh, .989 fielding percentage. So two very solid catchers to come in for the Tigers. And I think Amelia was listed as a – it was like catcher slash – like, I can't remember what it was. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to let you rant while I look this up. I'm going to let you go at it. Talk about Amelia Leck. All right. Um, Amelia Leck, former Terrapin. Uh, a Terrapin is a type of turtle, and uh, Maryland is in the ACC. Right, I got it. <laughs> okay. Maryland is in the Big Ten, by the way. <laughs> Uh, utility is the other catcher slash utility is what yeah. it is. I'm, I presume maybe infield. I, I think. Uh, yeah. An- An- Annabelle Weidra was probably a utility player because she played third base and pitcher. If I'm correct in my knowledge of what a utility means. If you're an MLB fan, think David Freeze. Just plays everywhere on the diamond, except catcher or pitcher, but everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Auburn's got got a few holes to fill up in the both the outfield and the infield with the exit of a lot of players from in the transfer portal. And just to wrap things up with gymnastics, Auburn Gymnastics signed two more two gymnasts to uh, compete this year, correct? They are twenty twenty three. Uh and yeah, Daniel, you go ahead and take the floor on this one. I'm not the biggest uh insider on <laughs> gymnastics recruiting. <laughs> All right, so the new additions are Madeline Crow and Lila Smith. Um, this information comes from an article I wrote today for Auburn Wire, so I'm just going to read what I wrote. Crow is a former Georgia Bulldog coming to Auburn as a sophomore. She's a native of Williamson, Georgia, with notable accomplishments such as qualifying for the USAG Level 10 Development Program, National Championships, and being the first female at her high school to bring home a state title in gymnastics. And this is what Jeff Graba had to say on her. <clears throat> And I quote, we are so excited to have Madeline join the Auburn Gymnastics family. She brings a wealth of experience with her and has been successful at nearly all levels of our sport. Having experience in the SEC is also going to be very beneficial as we are looking to build our team depth on all events. Even though Madeline is best known for her beam proficiency, she should add need, she, she should add needed depth on all events. And then as far as Lila Smith, Smith is a junior and a former Kentucky Wildcat. She's from Atlanta, Georgia, and competed at the same gym as Crow, Georgia Elite, so there's already some chemistry there as they've competed together before. She also was a a USAG Level 10 Development Program National Championship qualifier and won state titles on beam and in the all-around. And um, Jeff Graba had this to say on her, and I quote, We are eager to have Lila join our program as she is coming off a very successful run with another successful program. Okay. About Kentucky, not her. Um, her experience in the SEC will help our young team. We will be looking to their teammates with experience as we enter this next season. Lila should give us needed depth on all the events um, early on. 
and uh, that, uh, p- picking up two SEC guys, two SEC girls as well is huge. And I wonder, is there a school that's out there recruiting in every sport like Auburn is in the transfer portal? You'd be hard pressed to find one. Because that's what gym, that's now gymnastics, softball, baseball, football, basketball, all five sports is a just random Dude, sports. I don't know when Jeff Grava sleeps. That man is always on the recruiting trail. I feel like it's a weekly basis that Auburn picks up a commit. Well, you pick up two girls from the SEC after losing uh, losing Darion Goborn to the WWE and Suni Lee to the Olympics. So, <laughs> and. I think we should definitely do a live coverage of the WWE whenever Darren Goborn makes her big, big uh, entrance. Hey, and we could do a um, we can do a collaboration with WWE GL. Yes, I'm very down for that because Darren Goborn might be the only reason I ever watch a WWE match ever in my life. <laughs> but yeah, two big pickups for a team that's missing out on two uh, upstanding members of the team from last year I, and joining Cassie Stevens, who's returning for another year. Her last that is huge. So Auburn should pretty much stay right where they are in the SEC, when that being one of the top premier teams in the SEC, as they have been for uh, at least since Darren Goborn's been there. I know she's the first yeah. national champion in Auburn gymnastics history. So, yeah, great news all around for the Auburn Tigers, except for the fact that PFF has Auburn ranked in 13th, and Peyton Thorne may have just cursed himself by wearing the number one jersey. So, yeah, Con, I'm going to let you start the runoff. Let everybody know where they can love you, find you, and support you. Yeah, you can find me just at, at my Twitter, uh, at Byersdorf Colin. That's B-E-Y-E-R-S-D-O-R-F, Colin. Colin one L, by the way. Yeah. And Daniel, you got it. You can find me on Twitter, at Daniel J. Locke. Um, if you want to see what I've been up to in my personal life, you can get at me on Instagram, at the Daniel Locke. Uh, completely up to you. No call to action. Um, you can find my written work at the Auburn Wire, and yeah, it's a, it's a great day to be on the college loop. I, I gotta go <laughs> like some of your picks. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm Don Lark at you boy the tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's right, it's just right there, or you can scroll it down and go click it in the. Uh, not, it's not a link, but go click it and copy paste it in the in the description. And while you're scrolling down there, go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe. If you comment, leave us a question. We'll be glad to answer on the show. And if you subscribe, Daniel has to do a dance on the TikTok. So that's going to be enjoyable for all of us to watch. Maybe not so much for Daniel to do. But if you want to follow social media, of course, you have us on TikTok, of course. Here, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the works. No MySpace. Thousand subs don't go to MySpace. And if you want to listen to us, you have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. But yeah, with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast.